I'm Noah. And I'm Ben. And you're listening to Product Journey. Hey, Ben, what is up? Hey, Noah, how are you doing, man? I'm doing pretty good considering the circumstances, still working from home, but I'm, I'm, I'm starting to get used to it, so I think it's, it's been good. Yeah, yeah, sweet. Uh, yeah, it's the same for me. I'm still going to the office, actually, um, but we're just like half, half of the team is staying at home still, uh, and the rest is going because we don't really have any contact uh, to people on our way, all going by car, all going in. <laughs> I mean, if yeah. one of them, get, if if one of my coworkers gets sick, we probably, you know, <laughs> that could be bad. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want to talk about COVID nineteen too long. Yeah. But one thing <laughs> I have been, I know everyone's been talking about. So it's like, ah, oh, just cramming in everyone's minds. <laughs> um, but one thing I have thought about that I think is, I don't know, it's kind of cool. Um, so at least for me. Like this, I think COVID-19, this whole thing, like this recession is kind of like the biggest thing that's ever happened to me, like, or or, like craziest thing that's happened in my adult life. Like (laughs) there's been some things that were pretty big that happened, but I was like a kid. So it's like, it didn't really affect me that well. Mm -hmm. And so like, I don't know, it's, I think there's definitely some good things coming out of it where it's like, for one, it's like, I think I've just kind of had this idea that we're kind of bulletproof or, you know, that nothing's really nothing that bad could happen yeah yeah um and so it's kind of like i think a good thing to like you know what actually we're not in control and kind of some crazy not good stuff can happen and so it just (laughs) kind of i think is good for me to be like okay i need to actually you know be prepared for some kind of things like you know have some stability maybe have my eggs in some different baskets so like when there's a recession or something i'm not just gonna come crashing down um, and also it, it's in some ways, it's like a humbling thing too. like, you know, you know, we're not in control. We can't have everything figured out. So it's like, <clears throat> yeah, I think it's good to kind of have that perspective a little bit. Um, so I think in one way, that's a positive thing that's kind of come out of this for me is just kind of thinking through that. And I think it will kind of prepare me better for things in the future. So yeah I, I get that um yeah i mean this, this is kind of interesting i actually on march 13 for the first time in my life bought some some bitcoin <laughs> <laughs> i bought some bitcoin too <laughs> and i was <laughs> i mean that was probably a smart move i hope <laughs> um, i know i uh i bought some stock in a couple companies um that were it went way down because of everything and i'm like there's no way they're that low so i bought some there and then i bought some bitcoin and i've actually already (laughs) made some money off of it yeah yeah (laughs) i think it makes sense because it should stabilize in the future again and then you just uh you know bought at the right time i guess um yeah but, but i totally see how you also like what you said that you feel that you're not invincible i actually have that getting older <laughs> and getting sick while you're old <laughs> and old is <laughs> oh you're so old you, yeah <laughs> i mean i'm not even that old but i can i can relate to that like at some point you will like get a get a regular flu or whatever and you will feel you will feel it way more than in your 20s <laughs> yeah that makes sense <clears throat> but yeah uh Apart from that, did you did you accomplish anything? <laughs> yeah, it's been good since we last talked. I've I feel like I've accomplished a lot. 
and you know it's not any like physical or digital like things that like oh you can see that now but i've accomplished a lot in discovering things in my mind talking to a lot of people so that's been really good um yeah i've been just trying to have lots of cus- customer conversations potential customers um so probably since last time we talked i've probably talked on video with about 10 people another 10 people or so um oh, sweet. which has been really good um and i think the other key things is i think i'm starting to talk to the right people where you know kind of like i was asking before like just like not knowing if i'm even talking to the right target person that i yeah, want to yeah. be talking to i feel like i have a lot better idea of who that target person is so that i'm talking to the right people so that i'm you know, understanding their problems and understanding the right problems. Mm. So that's been really good. Um, So yeah, I've done a lot of customer conversations. I feel like I'm getting better at those interviews and just like understanding um, their problems and just kind of letting them talk and just listening. Um, And then I think I've found some, some better kind of along the lines of, you know, once you kind of have a better idea of who your target user is, it's easier to find them online. And so I've been using, so actually, yeah, so I should also share some of my my learnings from doing this too. Um, yeah. So I've, it's kind of weird because it's like you start out with this hypothesis, right? And you're like, you, you're this hypothesis and this target user this target audience you want to build something for Mm -hmm. and i feel like once you start talking to people it just you know it it shifts things around and you're just (laughs) like okay well now i'm over here i didn't even expect to be over here yeah and in some ways i'm like how do you deal with that because i feel like you know we all as entrepreneurs have this idea of something we want to build kind of like even if you're trying to search out a problem you kind of have like oh this is the idea i think could work to solve that problem Mm -hmm. and then when you talk to people they kind of like push you to well maybe that's not the problem they have and you find other problems just by talking to people and then you start you you start out with a problem that you didn't even start out to solve (laughs) so that's kind of where i'm at and I, i guess the the weird thing with that is um like am I like I feel like I'm even in a new place where I didn't even expect to be here um and it's like is this the business I want to do now it's almost like it pushes when you talk to customers it pushes you to a different business or a different customer <laughs> group or something yeah. that you didn't even want so it's like <laughs> how do you how do you balance that cuz it's like okay you do want to solve something you do want to solve a problem for someone, but you also want to solve kind of the problem that you wanted to solve. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> so I'm kind of dealing with that a little bit. Um, but it's good though. Cause so basically what's happened is I've talked to all these product people, people making, you know, decisions on where the product's going based on customer feedback. And that's what I wanted to start with. Right. But mm-hmm. I've kind of gotten pushed to one, there's a lot of solutions in that space. Um, so it's, it's hard to find an opportunity, I think, to find like, it's almost like, okay, well, there are problems there, but the, all the people I talk to, all those problems are already being solved in some way. Um, and it's like, there isn't like an obvious 
pain point that is like, oh, I can make something better there um, and optimize in some way. And so I've actually kind of gotten pushed more to the support side of things um, because, yeah, because in support, um, there's, you know, they're solving a lot of problems um, and... Well, actually, so yeah, actually how I got pushed to the support side is I started looking at intercom because I was like, actually, I think we talked about this a little bit with Arvid, I think. Yeah, about the marketplace. Yeah, like just that intercom is a really cool place um, because companies using it, you know, it's it's a it's a main entree for them. Um, it has all their customer data in it, has a lot of data brown customers. So I was like, oh, well, if I could utilize that, that would be a really good starting point to kind of building what I'm wanting to build anyways, where yeah. I can make decisions based on the customer data. And so I started looking there, started talking to people that are using Intercom. And like just accidentally, I was on this and um, I was looking on this Slack group for product managers um, that has like 40,000 people in the group, <laughs> oh, wow. which is, it was a really good place to like find people to talk to. So yeah. that's, that's where a lot of my customer interviews came from was like just trying to find people on there. I was like direct messaging people and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And I randomly messaged this guy. I didn't know what he did. And um, he's like, oh, actually uh, I work at Intercom. And... <laughs> And he was actually the product manager that ran the whole intercom app marketplace. Like he was the product manager in charge of that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I just ran into this guy and he was super nice and friendly. And so we got on a video chat. We've actually done a couple video chats now. Oh, sweet. And he just had so many insights (laughs) for me that was just like... This is crazy. Like I did hit the jackpot because he knows exactly what he's talking about when it comes to know intercom, yeah, making yeah. an integration for it. Um, and so one of the things that he kind of pushed me to, and this is where I started to go into the support side, was he was saying how intercom is going upstream, basically. Like they are, you know, they're going for the bigger companies. Yeah. And really that means that they're going more towards the support side. Like they're trying to make their product more for support teams which that is what Intercom is, um, but there's a lot of smaller companies that kind of use it, um, like product managers and people are using it to try to like understand their customers as well. And so basically they're kind of going away from that a little bit. Um, at least that their main focus is more towards the support side. Yeah, so he was sense. saying, if I you know, kind of follow the Intercom big ship, if I follow that big ship, they're more likely to kind of promote me and support me in that because I'm doing, I'm helping them with kind of the goals that they're wanting, you know, making features and things that are helping those uh, companies that with support and things like that. Cause that's what they care about. That's their goals. Wow, so that's, that's interesting that he, that he said that. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of awesome. So I was like, so I was like, Ooh, okay. There, maybe there's some opportunity here. It's like, you know, it's kind of like, okay, maybe there's a wave coming on the inner pond intercom platform itself where support is more and more something that's needed and there's actually a lack of app integrations that are helping support teams on intercom which is kind of funny like a lot of the app integrations are just uh kind of like things that i was already looking into like helping you track your feedback helping you ask customers for feedback through intercom you know integrating with just kind of some standard tools that 
uh, make sense, but there isn't as many things in the support side. So I was like, okay, maybe there's some opportunity here. Yeah. And that's why I'm saying like, even though I didn't imagine like helping support teams, that's kind of what I've been (laughs) pushed to. And now I've, I've talked to probably like seven customer success people now support um, specialists that use intercom and I am seeing like, okay, I think there's an opportunity here. Um, so yeah, that's been good. Cause I, I feel like I'm starting to see a problem that ha- has a need and that I could actually do something with. Um, but at the same time, like I'm trying to think to myself, like, am I okay with that? Like, do, do I want to make something <laughs> for support teams? Would I be okay with that? Would I enjoy that? Um, and I mean, I think I would, but it's kind of hard to tell, I guess. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and actually kind of part of that is it's pushing me away from my expertise in a way, like not that I'm an expert really in anything, but at least with like the product <laughs> management side, like, you know, I had experience building a startup in the past, like making product decisions and so that was something I enjoyed doing and, and understand more where like support stuff, like sure I've done some support, but I don't know what it's actually like on a support team. Mm, yeah. And so it was kind of like, you know, we keep hearing this thing like, okay, make something that's like a problem that you feel yourself. Um, but at the same time, I can actually kind of see now how that can lead, especially some indie hackers astray because a lot of times I think the businesses that we need to make are businesses for, you know, bigger businesses that can pay us money. And a lot of time indie hackers don't have the problems that those bigger businesses have. Like we have problems that solo founders and little, you know, you know, just starting out entrepreneurs have. And, and those are typically not the customers that pay for things. And so I don't know, it's just kind of weird because I'm, I'm kind of fighting with that in my head, like where, where's the right way to go? So I don't know if you have any thoughts about <laughs> all of that. <laughs> A lot. <laughs> so uh, first off, probably a question, um, because I know for me that as a developer, I have a phone on my desk and I have to do actual customer support for the stuff that I build. I don't know, is that mm. like, do you do the same? Like, do you have to support customers that you actually get into or got into contact in the past with customers? Um, so in my current day job, no, like we're so big that I don't see that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I definitely did in the past. Like I was on a pretty small team um, at my first job as a software developer. And like I would actually talk one-on-one with customers sometimes. And then especially for my startup, like I was talking all the time with uh coffee shops and yeah issues that they had bugs so i definitely did a lot of that for sure because f- for me it's like one of the worst parts of my job actually <laughs> doing the support like <laughs> we we built like an application that is uh like privately used inside a company of 40,000 i don't know of, of 4,000 people um like like 4,000 active users basically and um the company didn't want to handle the support themselves so they they asked if we oh, could wow. do this and i was like uh <laughs> well you know <laughs> that kind of <laughs> depends on how much support we actually would have to do because we're like three developers <laughs> um, and we ended up doing it and it was it, it is still going that way and it's all right but i can totally see how um 
And maybe even if you are a bootstrap founder, even if you're a solo founder, maybe especially then, um, it would be helpful to have a way of uh, handling support. And I don't know if that's like possible with something you build on top of Intercom, but I definitely see that the the niche itself is interesting for a variety of businesses, not just the big ones, but also the big ones. Like I know that Basecamp is very, um, very big on support, very proud of their um, quick response mm -hmm. time and everything. Um, it might actually be interesting to maybe if you if you can get a hold of one of those people working there, see how they do it. Maybe there's something to learn from those. Um, yeah, definitely. So I think that's, first of all, a very interesting niche and I can totally see and it's pretty good insight into <laughs> into where Intercom is moving, actually. I can totally see that. Um, and I also think there is not much in the area of support on Intercom right now, right? Like I haven't... Yeah. Seen yeah, much. I mean, from what I've seen, there's not as many app integrations that are helping with that area as much as there are in other spaces. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so do you have like, did, did you like continue that train of thought and have a, a concrete idea on of, of what you would build or, <laughs> or are you trying to yeah. not think of anything? <laughs> no, I do. I do kind of have an hypothesis now. Um, but I want to continue to validate it from people. Um, but the, the, the two main things I've learned basically from talking to more support people is mm -hmm. the two important, most important things to support specialists is <clears throat> the, the ratings that they get, you know, the feedback ratings oh, yeah. from their customers of how their support was. That's, yeah. that's like their one important metric metric. And then their second is how fast they were at supporting the customer, like how long it took till closing the support ticket. Mm, yeah, interesting. So like those two things. And so basically what I wanna do, my hypothesis around helping them basically track those things in a way that they can easily see, but then also um, basically just make it so that they can um, more efficiently do those things. And, and maybe that's, so there's a couple ideas around this. Like maybe that's what things can they start to automate um, that keep coming up um, so that mm. they're not answering those questions themselves, so like yeah. helping them track that so they can kind of add that to intercom. Um, but a lot of what I'm kind of looking at is also the communication in between the support team because, and this is again where it's like hard for so entrepreneurs or someone like me to have experience with this, but yeah, yeah. companies that, you know, are bigger, they have a full support team that's working together. And a lot of what they're doing behind the scenes is talking to each other, asking questions of like, you know, one support person like, oh, I don't know this thing. Hey, Bob, do you know how this works? And so <laughs> kind of that communication. So if there's ways that I can help that be faster and more efficient, that will kind of help their bottom line goals. And so those, so those are some of the problems I'm looking at right now. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, so the other part that you mentioned is that you're not super sure if you like if that's the right group of people that you want to build something for. Um, mm -hmm. I I feel like I don't know. I mean, it's it's support. It's it's totally it's not totally different from what you intended to do. I think, um, and it's still right. in the end still supporting the company in getting insights and uh, 
I don't know. I feel like it's yeah. not that far away from from what you set out to do, and I totally feel the way <laughs> the way you do in getting pushed away, maybe a little bit from your initial idea. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think that happened with uh, playgroup. It kind of did, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it definitely it is similar, and that's kind of some of the things I was finding is that even talking to some entrepreneurs they don't want to ask their customers for feedback. Instead, they kind of want to watch what their customers are already doing and what's already happening. And one of the main ways to do that is support, is to see what yeah. problems they're having in in the support channels, um, talking to them through support. And that's where they kind of grab insights of what's going well, what's not going well, what they can make better. And so that that is kind of how I got pushed there, that maybe there's some, you know, it, it, yeah, maybe even that's the better way to understand your users is through that channel yeah. instead of putting it in their face with a pop-up or something. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of interesting. I'm also thinking about uh, Justin and Transistor right now because I think they have a part-time support person. And like mm-hmm. it's like their first hire, basically, if you, if you want to look at, at it that way. So I feel yeah. that it's actually one of the first things that people try to load off in, in smaller teams as well. Yeah, that's yeah. pretty interesting, I think. So I, I would actually, I think that's actually a pretty cool niche to be in, like uh, supporting the support teams. <laughs> support the support. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, that was pretty much what was going down over here. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I'm trying to think if I had any other insights oh the other kind of cool thing that i've seen that's been working with customer interviews is like i was saying once i found like a target where i was like okay i think i want to build something on intercom app marketplace because it's really cool cool place to build i think it makes for a really cool bootstrapped business that you know one of your channels is the intercom app marketplace so it kind of helps with that and um so i found this website um called like built with or something like that Oh, can yeah. put the put it in the show notes and then you I can just search intercom and then I get a list mm-hmm. of companies using intercom and then, and then it just makes a really good starting point and then I got a LinkedIn basically I started the free month trial for like the LinkedIn I forget what they call it but basically where you can like message anyone you don't have yeah, to yeah. connect to them and so then I just would search those companies that use intercom <laughs> and then just find their find their support people and customer success people and then just message them like hey do you want could i uh, talk to you <laughs> oh yeah that's that's smart <laughs> and so it, it made it really those tools seem to be really helpful to find the right people to talk to um so i had some success with that so that was good yeah that's a pretty neat idea <laughs> sweet yeah. so uh so moving forward do you have uh, still more people to talk to right now um i have Let's see. So that intercom connection I had has been really helpful because I was then able to talk to an intercom support manager who's who's the manager of like 30 people at the actual support team at intercom. So he had a lot of insights. And then I'm going to talk to another intercom product manager <laughs> that I think is in charge of, I think he's now also in charge of app marketplace stuff. I don't know. So I'm going to talk to him beginning of next week. I have two other um, customer success people I'm talking to tomorrow. I think that's all I have scheduled, but I'm, yeah, I'm hoping to talk to a couple more 
people that are using intercom for support stuff. Yeah, sounds like good um, Because actually, this is another <laughs> another thing I've experienced is you know I'll talk to someone and you know I have this kind of hypothesis of oh this is the solution I should make or this is how I should do it and then after I talk to them I'm like okay that was completely wrong or that would have been a terrible direction <laughs> um and so like i think there's really mainly one or two times of this where i was starting to think like okay maybe i should just start building this on the side as i'm talking to some of these people and then like it completely gets derailed and i just realized like i could have been on my way trying to build something for weeks and then all I had to do was talk to this person to know that probably wasn't a good idea. Yeah, yeah. And so that was that's been kind of crazy to see like that benefit of talking to people and um it just directing me in a completely different way of what I was expecting. Mm, yeah, yeah. Interesting, yeah. So I I guess I'm starting to be very much so a customer discovery believer. <laughs> <laughs> Go talk to people and you're you'll learn a lot of stuff that will maybe make you build the right thing um so yeah it's been good yeah plus you're making all the connections i think that's pretty pretty valuable if you then have something to show and you can just basically reach back to all those people and see if something comes out of that <laughs> right yeah but what i will say is that it is still it takes a lot of time it definitely takes a lot of time to find the right person, the right target people. So like out of all the people I've talked to, you know, a, a handful of them are like, eh, like that at least showed me that what I'm on to is still probably a good thing, hopefully. But at the same time, they're probably not going to buy it. Mm, yeah. um, and so it's, it's hard to find your exact niche, you know, and it's <laughs> like you just have to talk to so many people to get that whatever 10% or however many actually want that thing. Um, so yeah, it just, it takes a lot of work to find the right people to actually become a customer, I think. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, yeah. So that's pretty much me. Um, how's it going for you? It is hard. <laughs> it's pretty hard right now selling a remote uh, communications tool. Um, also maybe because of COVID-19, um, <laughs> Because you know that basically everyone is on that topic right now because a lot of people mm -hmm. are working from home for the first time. Um, so there is a certain saturation of people advertising their remote work tools and uh, you get emails from all those companies <laughs> saying something mm -hmm. about the topic. And um, it's kind of funny because at my day job actually for the first time uh, my boss is also looking at remote work um, tools for the first time setting up a VPN and I'm like yeah I've done that before I can <laughs> you know I can <laughs> obviously help with that um, and it's <laughs> it's kind of funny because I've talked to two companies uh, in the last two weeks um, made the demo and um, they were kind of impressed like they did did like the product itself but the general opinion was that they would right now one of them had never like really done remote work before um, so I thought that was a good, like, you know, m might be a good idea to <laughs> start that right now, obviously. And, uh, why not try it, try it out with play group. Um, mm -hmm. but the, 
that what they said was basically that they would rather go with something more established right now because they needed fast like they they didn't have any slack in place or something like that so they um, they basically were looking for something very solid at the moment and uh, were basically afraid of basically going with with something new that i built like being the first customer was probably wrong yeah. for them so they were not early adopters um which is fine i guess <laughs> uh yeah and for the other one it was basically that they said they would still be using slack which i said well that's fine you know because there's an integration um but it was kind of more like me trying to convince them <laughs> and that ended up not going well uh so they they kind of decided that they would rather not you know n not try it out because the cost of switching mm -hmm. was actually too high for them uh, which is fine i mean i get it and that's kind of what what i expected or what everybody <laughs> expected um yeah so, so yeah uh those two didn't go very well um I did learn a bunch, uh, but it, at the same time, because I'm also moving forward in the direction of building Playgroup as a community tool, um, mm -hmm. that right now feels way more like people are pulling on on that end, um, whereas I'm trying to push in the remote work direction. So it's it's kind of like your situation where you said that you like you uh, you had the initial idea and now you're kind of moving away from the actual audience that you that you thought you would like to build something for <laughs> so moving to support where where i'm moving yeah. to to communities maybe a little bit more um so yeah the rest of the week i basically made some good progress rewriting a bunch of code for the community edition um so that i i kind of removed all the the offline capabilities because the forum wouldn't need it um set up first pages came up with a solid pricing idea um, like nice. you know just just initial initial thoughts basically something that s seems right and that i want to talk to people about um because i right now i have like three people that um that said they would love to get in on a beta if i make it into a community version um so the plan for this week is to reach out to them with uh like trying to tr trying to feel if the pricing seems all right for them um mm -hmm and uh yeah just basically try to continue um with at least one interview or one one sales call so to say for the remote working stuff and at the same time try pushing the community edition i actually bought the domain playgroup.community which is kind of neat so i can actually have a separate landing page for that and uh try to nice. sell them at the same time so this is kind of interesting still it feels a little weird because i'm basically using the same tool and uh, same name and everything and selling it to two totally different uh audiences but uh, yeah <laughs> no i think that's cool though because it's like you can a b test it and you'll have you know, if you just decided, oh, I'm just going to drop the teams, remote teams and go off into the community thing, you might have this kind of nagging feeling in the back of your mind the whole time of like, yeah. I wonder if that <laughs> could have worked. Now it's like you can kind of push forward with both. Um, obviously, it takes maybe it takes a little bit more time to do yeah, both, yeah, but <laughs> you'll probably learn more that way and it will push you towards the right direction uh, eventually, I think so. Yeah, it does feel it does feel right to do it that way because just as you said, I would probably regret just dropping the remote team stuff. 
Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I mean, it does seem like there's a, there's pretty good amount of closeness in between the two. Like, like the product is like you said, pretty much the same. So it's just kind of like positioning it is most of the work. Um, so it's kind of cool that you can do that with the same tool. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Also, um, it's, it's still kind of solving the same problem just for a different group, right? It's both about communication. And so I'm, I'm feeling pretty good with, with both of the audiences, basically like, uh, I've obviously never, uh, led a community, but I'm part of a few. So, uh, yeah not feeling too awkward there. I also did check out uh, integrations a little bit more, um, like integrating with stuff like Memberful, where people basically have an audience already, where people are paying for communities. Mm-hmm. And um, that's a direction I definitely want to explore more. And it doesn't even seem to be that difficult because Memberful basically uh, lets you set up webhooks. Um, so whenever somebody signs up and paid, uh, paid for something, um they can basically or the the people running the community could set up a webhook which would then message playgroup and say hey here's somebody new who signed up and it sends with with it the the email address and everything so you could basically just generate an account from that that's pretty neat actually and it feels like this should be easy to integrate and that would be probably a pretty big plus (laughs) already starting out yeah definitely yeah i mean if you make it easy for them to, I mean, part of the thing that they're probably gonna be looking for is charging their community members. So yeah. if that can be something out of the box that works with something they're already using, like yeah, that's yeah. pretty cool. Definitely. One thing that is still worrying me is that, or I don't know if it's if it should actually worry me, maybe it's a good thing. Um, there's such a broad spectrum of, uh, of use cases for communities basically like there are business communities mm-hmm. for huge companies who use it as you know support forums or whatever um then there are people running private communities just like justin with mega maker um people using communities for you know they they put out a course or whatever and try to um try to build a community around that or that product and it's kind of interesting because they all have very different needs, obviously. Um, like, like big companies would use more, would need more fine-grained control and need need abilities like banning people. Um, whereas when you're mm. uh, when you when you run a paid community, you basically or you probably don't need to ban people because those you know they paid money for it. They probably won't behave like an ass. <laughs> um, so that's that's kind of interesting to. Also, probably the hard part to figure out where to position the entire thing on that spectrum. Yeah, that is difficult. <laughs> it's like <laughs> there's a position within the community position. Yeah, you just you you thought it was you're just positioning from the remote teams, but now yeah, it's, yeah, there's positions within that. Yeah, I can see that. Oh, that's difficult because it's like, okay, do you try to make a tool that's general enough that it works for a lot of them, or do you try to go into a niche? Um, yeah, like I could kind of see maybe it making sense to like at, at at least in the beginning shoot for one of those groups to make yeah. it better specifically for those communities, and maybe you'll find that they're more willing to try out something new in that way because maybe there's less options out there or what they have already isn't yeah, as yeah. good for something specific you know 
That's kind of what I ended up with thinking because if I if I would aim for big companies and their forums right now, that would probably not work out too well because how do I reach them? <laughs> um, whereas when I focus on people running small communities around their products and maybe paid communities, I can totally see me reaching those people easier than than big companies. Uh, yeah. So yeah, also because if if you make this into something for big companies, they probably want all the single sign-on stuff, and uh, that's not that's not too easy to build uh, as well. So for initial validation, that's yeah. probably a bad idea. So there might be more features and things needed for big companies. Yeah, probably, or at least different features, right? They I don't know if they would need like a memberful integration. Probably not. Mm-hmm. Mm, but, but they would probably need something like uh yeah maybe just sso single sign-on stuff that's what yeah, comes to mind yeah. so yeah, yeah i guess there's... i could see a world where eventually you know things go well you could then go upstream to those bigger companies add some more features make them pay more for it and yeah maybe it could be a, a later stage thing yeah definitely so right now i'm basically thinking that I should be able to finish the the the, the changes that I that I <laughs> that I wanted to make, uh, like code wise basically, and then I should just take what I have and try to get it in front of those people who already said they would be interested in testing it. Um, ask for some opinions, try to get some opinions on pricing if they were willing to pay amount X for it, and then try to you know just try to be open minded and see what they say first of all. <laughs> um, then just go from yeah. there so i won't nice. actually care too much about like the landing page and everything i'll probably set something up but not too too detailed this time <laughs> yeah nice that sounds like a good plan yeah <laughs> do you feel like there's a lot a lot to do um it is pretty hard splitting time right now because uh you know, trying to set up new teams to demo and finding people or finding the right people right now that would be interesting in ch changing remote work tools right now seems pretty hard. Um, and I feel like I'm not, you know, like I'm spraying myself thin a little bit. Like, where should I put my, like, where should I put my focus is not very clear at this point because I don't have validation for either of them. Um, <laughs> so this is pretty hard to to juggle in a way if i could like if i could get a commitment from somebody to say hey I'll, I'll you know i'll do this with you and i'll pay you money for this because it already looks pretty good that would be a pretty strong signal at this point and i'd probably just go and put more focus on that uh, because that just seems to make right. sense yeah so it's like could you focus on just talking to people to get find someone that will do that for you so then and then at that point you start building more for them basically yeah that's that's what i want to do basically right just uh, just finish the coaching that i wanted to do anyway because they they need to be done basically and then stop stop developing either product basically um and just talk to people from that point on which should be done very soon actually yeah nice well that makes sense um that's exciting i feel like it seems like both of us in this since we last talk have figured out a lot more stuff <laughs> are kind of on different paths even <laughs> um which is i think a good thing we're getting closer maybe <laughs> it feels like it yeah 
<laughs> Maybe we'll reach there eventually. You never know. <laughs> All right. Well, I think uh, we'll we'll end it there. Uh, check out the show notes to see any of the links that we talked about, and hopefully we'll remember to put them down there. Um, <laughs> but otherwise, we'll talk to you guys in uh, another episode. Talk to you next week. Bye. Bye-bye.